everybody. Welcome to episode 52 of the Coffee Club podcast. We did it. It's huge. Everyone party, raise your drinks. We made it the full year. Uh, it's pretty surreal, to be honest, because it does not feel like we started this a whole year ago to any of us, I don't think. But yet here we are looking back on a whole year and really good timing, actually, because, you know, we did all finish our seasons in the past week as well. So it's quite fortuitous that it all came together nicely like that. Um, right now, I'm still over in Europe. The boys are back home in Boulder, kind of just in that postseason time. We all just raced and all that. So we'll go through that today. And I think our main year review episode will be the next one that we do. That's our plan is to celebrate the year next time. And we want to try to do some live stream. We're still deciding exactly how that's going to play out. Obviously, we've never tried to do anything like that before, but I think the next one should be kind of more of our year review one. So look forward to that. Pay attention to our Instagram. We'll keep you guys all updated. But yeah, boys, one year, how are we feeling? Yeah, I man, like it does, doesn't feel like a year, to be fair, doing all this uh, stuff. It does feel like we've just been um, enjoying the uh, the week by week chatting talking garbage getting getting about it and uh making up coin freight just like all that sort of stuff looking back at it i can't believe it's been that long but uh even with the season coming to a close it's kind of cool to reflect gus just jumped off the he's had enough he's had enough of the year he's done he's out Gus is back baby Gus is done yeah he's back the big boy big boy's back the ceo el presidente of coffee club pod um is uh done he's walked out but uh yeah, I, it's crazy. It's surreal. I think it's cool because um, we've done so, we've gotten so much content in a year, but we've been able to do it back to back and enjoy it and have fun. And you know, that's that's a great uh, great sign. And yeah, it, it's I'm excited for episode fifty three. Obviously, you know, this one's going to be yeah. great, but episode fifty three is going to be exciting because you get to go through everything that we've done this year. And um, yeah, that's going to be nice to to share everything. But overall, it does feel like it's not even been a year. Yeah, I think the next one will be nice to to have a full review of of the season and and even the coffee club year. But I feel like we all we kind of started it thinking like, yeah, totally, we're gonna do this every week. But we didn't really know if it was actually gonna happen or not. So skepticism was high. Yeah, but it was funny actually. I saw, and uh, I'll probably get onto this more later. But um, just another a sign of how, how how good it's been and how long we've been doing it is. Uh, Chris Chavez was had a was showing me in New York. He had like a dictionary of coffee club language. That's <laughs> it was like a list. Like I it was that so fucking, long. It I was want great. That dictionary. Yeah, I don't know where he's putting it should, out. It was should, like all the translations of all our uh, phrases. Should, it was bloody good. Actually, we should coin that and then sell it on the, uh, on the website. <laughs> coffee club dictionary. Yeah, we should get so that for that's next coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Chris for it, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it's been it's been super. Sad. I mean, like I literally, I, everywhere I go, like it's not even OEC on running. Everywhere I go now, everyone's coffee club. Like everyone's just local coffee club. And I like got in last night on my flight, and this this lovely bloke um, got a photo with me. He's a big fan of the pod and big fan of us. And he was on my flight back from uh, well, I was from flying from Zurich, but from San Francisco to Denver. And it's just cool to have that interaction with people that actually enjoy the content you're putting out and them. Um, kind of glad and proud of us for being able to get it week after week and not not slack so yeah that's something i didn't expect after races and or at races like the the amount of people coming up to us and and 
just saying how much they love the pod and everything. That's yeah. been pretty sweet part I, of racing, actually. I think we all think it's like OAC on, right? Like they're like, oh, fans of OAC. It's like, no, nah, I'm just fans of you guys from Coffee Club. So like, it's pretty sweet because like we've created our own brand and people getting behind it and enjoying it. And, um, yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I think like I agree with that 100%. I think the hope for all of us is in the fall we can do some more stuff to interact with the fans because obviously it's just been mostly the podcast for now, but we want to get a lot more stuff, a lot more fun stuff going I would say I think now that we've done 52 episodes, I think we have a little bit of like legitimacy to like kind of fuck around and do other stuff because I feel like if you tried to do some of the other stuff too early, it'd just be like, come on, what are you doing? Like if you tried to like make merch after five episodes, for example, people are just like, well, that's stupid. Like you guys are just trying to make <laughs> money. But now's the time where we can we can cash in and take everyone's money because we got 50 episodes down and we seem pretty legit. So that feels good. And hopefully we can do a lot of fun stuff with that um, in the fall when we have the free time. I will say like these last, I'm not sure, the last month for me at least has been, it's been really hectic to keep the show going on a weekly basis without travel schedules just being so different. But yeah, here we are doing it so i guess give ourselves a little pat on the back for that because it's definitely not easy oh it's good to see gus's face again amazing uh we i should say at this point that uh the second half of this episode stick around for that because it's going to be a really cool little fun thing that george and ollie got to do in zurich with jordan donnelly who if you don't know who that is we've mentioned him a couple of times he's uh i don't even know how to describe him but he yeah, he works for Owen and he's the one that he's the reason our shoes are so amazing. I really believe that we have the best performance shoes in the game right now. And I think the results kind of show that as well. And he's the big reason for that. So hearing his insights and all that, I think you guys will really enjoy. And also what's huge from that is that we have finally an upgraded intro. And we did wanna <laughs> we did want to upgrade our intro for uh, the one year anniversary and we got to do it. If you guys watched, you probably already saw it and it's a billion times better than anything I think we would have been able to do. So thank you very much for to Owen for putting that together for us. So yeah, all good things. Stick around for that at the end. I think that'll be awesome. But yeah, moving into like the, just the episode, we did all race this week. Um, Ollie was obviously first representing the gang in the Zurich Diamond League final and had an absolute banger to end the season running how much that wasn't a pb was it but it was another 330 huh it was another 330 my my pb is like 330.18 or something or point i think it's one something yeah one something so it's really like 330 low i ran 330.5 uh, and i mean mm-hmm. honestly like after came third. um yeah came third in the final um improvement from last year when i was four how'd you get a nice chunk of change for that not sure yeah it's all gone though from zurich of course. <laughs> Fucking just, just breathing in Zurich, it just it soaked it soaked out all the money that I actually made there. It's so. expensive. It's an expensive place, but it was lovely. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, <clears throat> overall, just a recap for my race. I mean, after Lausanne, I lacked a lot of confidence. I hadn't been um, running much, and and with my IT band coming kind of being the way it was, I was a bit worried. But um, you know, I, I uh, Definitely felt that I wanted to end the season well and I was in, still in great shape. I had run 3.30 a month ago at comms. At, so I just wanted to try to end the season strong. And if you guys got to watch the race, you'll probably notice that my, uh, the classic Ollie move of being up the front didn't happen. I was actually at the back. I was doing a classic George. I was at the back for this race. It, was, it went out really fast, um, to be fair. I was still like 
55 point at the at the 400 meter mark and then like 152 or 153 at the 800 mark and I was just kind of moving my way up and yeah my last lap 200 100 meters I gained a lot of places and was catching um Tim in the last straight and Jakob was just clear you know dominance from him again obviously but yeah I felt pretty confident after that so it was a good a good indication to finish off that and be a bit hungry for more because you know always you always want to do better but um very excited to represent our team and and uh on in the uh, new in kit Zurich. in the new kit new kit was lovely uh very very nice fabric and uh yeah just overall really nice speed suit compared to the ones that we've had in the past so i'm excited for the team and everyone to test the new kit out um in the new season um how did your dumb yeah. feel in it oh it was cool it was beautiful it was beautiful you see it? it was I like everything pictures. oh i don't i don't didn't get any pictures actually from the from the dumbly but I think they might have sent me an email with a few pics. I could check it out. But, uh, yeah, it's really nice. There's no seam. So it's just like like wearing like a – just wearing like a – Just a little onesie. Yeah, a little onesie. It was just – it was really little comfy. Action. It was really nice. So um, I Love did that. enjoy that. Um, I honestly think going to the back was like maybe the smartest move in that race though. Like I think Rambo must have been quite nervous after getting asked to go – 217. Yeah. So he Cheap. went out arguably too hot. Like – Probably, unless you're Jakob and it doesn't even matter. And I feel like being in the back let you catch some of those guys that I feel like probably heard in a bit yeah, from, oh, from that first lap. 100%. That but, was like 54 low or something. Yeah, I, I definitely think I was in shape to run quicker. I mean, Dathan also agreed, but like just from the setbacks we had after comms, it was good to finish off on a high note anyway, regardless. Like he was still ran 330. Still finished third in a very, very tough, very, very good field. And it was nice to end the season that way. And, uh, yeah, in general, like, just yeah, but it's kind of hard to refl- you know think, sit back and reflect on such a such a big year, um, not just for me but for the whole team and c- competing and like the results that have come through. So it was nice to end it there. Uh, my parents surprised me in Saint Moritz. That was crazy. Um, that was pretty crazy. You got to tell the story <laughs> of that. You got to tell the story of that. Yeah. So like, I was in Saint. I got, we were going to to get dinner um, in Saint Moritz just before we're heading, like we had a few more days until we're heading down to uh, Zurich to get ready for the final. And I'm looking at the, the wine menu or something like the, the pizza menu. And then I hear somebody whisper behind me, what are you going to order? And it was my mom and my dad who uh, literally traveled 24 hours from Sydney. And for people who don't really know how long that would take, they went from Sydney to Dubai. It's about 10 hours, 11 hours. Dubai to Zurich, another 10 hours. And then like a four-hour train trip from maybe four and a half hour train trip from Zurich up to St. Moritz. Um, and they just got in and they did all that. And then they saw me and it was pretty incredible. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I don't think anybody knew anything about it. And it was just very, very special to have them there. So that was exciting. Um, they got to experience, I think that's the first time they've seen me run in a professional race. So live, sorry, like actually in the stadium. And their first ever dumb league they've been to. So they just really enjoyed it. They loved it. And my dad's a big running nerd. So he was just really excited to be a part of it and watch all these amazing athletes. The same with my mom. And uh, it was just nice to be able to cap off the season with them and be able to celebrate uh, a big year. So uh, Katie and Greg, thanks for coming out. Hopefully you're not too jet lagged now. <laughs> you probably are. But uh, no, it was very special. They've set the bar quite high for for uh, track meets. However, <laughs> uh, finding another race that lives up to the Zurich Diamond League. I was thinking, I mean, shit, they, they put on a good final. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely packed stadium, no spare seat in the house. 
absolutely beautiful stadium. Freaking had Dean Lewis yeah, <laughs> playing Dean Lewis. in the after party. Like this crazy, I mean, the, the closing ceremony was a bit much. They have all the Diamond League champs on driven around the track yeah. on the back of like like all these, it must be sponsored by BMW. Like BMW cars. With like these, they're like a trailer and a podium. And they do like a lap of the track. Waving yeah. that One of wow. these ones, holding their trophies. King Jakob. And then a bunch of fireworks. Yeah. But the craziest thing was the queen died during my race. So a lot of people in the, like in the UK were trying to watch it, couldn't watch it because the queen died. I did hear no that. No way. Yeah. Yeah, they, they cut it off because the Queen passed away. And that was another crazy thing was like Jake Haywood and Josh Kerr, who we my race from the UK, um, like no one knew about it, obviously. And they the Queen passed away during, well, it was announced that she passed during our race. And then the next races after that, every British athlete had a black ribbon. So then Jake, Jake and Josh talked about it and was like, yeah, we look like a bunch of dickheads <laughs> because we didn't wear a ribbon and we didn't know that the Queen died. But people would look back at it and be like, why those guys not wear a ribbon? For the I queen? did notice Keely was wearing one like an hour after your race. Yeah, no, it was like I think every British athlete after that was wearing a black ribbon, like because like uh, Whiteman was wearing it as well. Um, so possible? like, they just, do they just carry those black ribbons around at track meets in case someone significant dies? No, <laughs> apparently, uh, I heard from did you hear from Jake or Josh? Apparently, Keely had some stocking, like her mum had some stocking, black stocking, and they cut it into a ribbon thing, and they just use that. Impressive. That's what I heard. That's that's obviously not. I haven't solidified that as a fact, but that's that's a rumor that I heard that what they did with the ribbon. But um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like she just, I think she just had enough of Aussies beating, uh, you know, UK athletes in the fifteen hundred. She's like, nah, I'm out. You know, I saw it at Commonwealth Games. <laughs> now I have to see the Zuri Dummy final. Nah, I'm out. I'm calling it. So, uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm obviously joking. She lived. She uh, lived a good life. She lived a good. She lived life, a good life. Yeah. She. she uh, Rest in she peace. Well, you know, the right time were to to pass on was right when DJ Khaled released his new album. I thought that was a good way to send it off. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty amazing meet. And shout out to uh, Alicia Monson, sixth in the uh, 5k street race that race is pretty shit I, I, I think everybody on that race doesn't want to do it again i talked to grant fisher afterwards he's like yeah would not want to do that again even if i was in like shape to win it uh, it's literally like a mario kart track yeah, yeah. it's the Turns most uneven looking thing you like you walk over there's this bridge to get onto like the uh, infield i guess like just into the middle of the track where the field events are and you can look down the track in, like in line with the drag and the lines are just the waviest yeah like, i noticed that it's, it's a, just like laid out on some concrete and it's not even straight like the amount of times i saw admittedly it is alicia so this maybe is not totally due to the track but the amount of times she was like rolling her ankles trying to get around the corners it's ridiculous out there. it's not for spectators either that was so crap for like spectating a couple seconds really? you go behind the building yeah it's just it's just it doesn't shite. make any sense then they always talk about how, like how the athletes were, asked about, like what they thought of it and how it was all, was all the athletes wanting to have the street meet. It's like this, this is absolute bullshit. Or just shows no, you no, no, no athletes. Yeah, no athletes would rather do this. It shows you the detachment between the people that run those type of meets, particularly the Diamond League, and the athletes themselves trying to promote. Like they're trying to make the sport more exciting for for spectators, trying to build up a you know momentum and. The, the way they do about it is like, okay, so usually we pay 70000 for the Diamond League win. We're going to cut that down to 30000 now because, you know, 
you got you guys don't deserve that type of money and then because it cost us because it cost us two million dollars two million dollars to set up that track that track was two i didn't know about bucks. that wow that's and now that's that, now it's useless now yeah. now dathan's bidding for it so we can use it instead of uh you know because we bring, can't get bring into it to boulder track yet. yeah <laughs> we should definitely bring that to just have a 200 meter straightaway yeah that would, actually, on the that would be the only useful we're not thing. allowed on the boulder track mark yeah. wet pants wet more won't let us on the uh yeah Bloody old, old mate, Lord Sibco, standing up during the meet, like in the interview, talking about how innovative it is and how good it is for spectating. The street track. Meanwhile, during Alicia's race, he's sitting in the VIP tent at the bar with champagne, not even yeah. watching. Like he didn't even he <laughs> didn't even deem it necessary to stand up and watch the race. That's a big week for you, mate. Like that, that's where like you think, oh, cheers, it must Seb. be money. Yeah, cheers, Sebby. There must be money in this sport. Like there must exist because if you're seeing like what George and I and my family and everyone that was in Zurich saw, there was a lot of people there, a lot of people coming in. Like there's a, there's big engagement. There's just there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but where's the money going? Well, it's probably going to the big wigs sitting in the boxes, drinking champagne and talking about how great their lives are, but not actually watching the track. That's why I love the fans like Jordan Donnelly, for example. He gets in the trenches. He's down there. He's watching everything. Like a lot of those people who are with the brands um, and all the other like kind of aspects around the sport, you know, that they really love the sport. They're not in the VIP boxes. They're down like on the track, watching everything, getting excited for everything, watching every event. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of crazy because people kind of talk about Sydney McLaughlin and nothing more, like not coming to do diamond leagues because like, and they're figuring out why, like this is a bad for the sport. Is it good for the sport that they're like standing up against it? It's like, no, well, these two athletes probably make a lot of money and they don't feel like it's necessary to go fly all the way to Europe, to Zurich, to, to run a race where you'd make 30,000 when they could make probably triple that back home in the States running for their, you know, in their home country, getting good engagement there and being able to like, support the sport in that way so it's just interesting the way things are run because the, the amount of money i saw like getting thrown around with all this excess like they had an omega private box up top which i was able to see from the warm-up area and the people that were walking in there i don't think i don't have ever stepped on the track they look like it was like prince charles up there and everything i guess there's this people that you just wouldn't see like it, it's not the people that we expect to see around track and field in general but that's the way it is um will, it, yeah. will things change moving forward i'm sure it will but um no street meet anymore so that's going to be that's carking it as that's that's gone so i mean that's a good yeah. thing i think because well the yeah. the thing is that like is where there might be also a bit of a disconnect is that for the field events the street meets are sick they're oh, amazing for, sure. yeah. for the actually, field yeah. events yeah. No, no, that, yeah. that's the, the thing but it's just not the, yeah not just not the 5k I don't know whose yeah, idea that was. They were trying to get rid of the fucking weren't they? A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Point. Anyway. Yeah. But, Which is, I don't yeah. understand what they're I mean, if they're there. going to have it on the road, they should just have it on the road. Like more people would show up to an actual street road race. Yeah. And don't do it for the final. Do it for something separate. Then like a half one. Because I think the final needs to be traditionally in the track, except for maybe field and throws so they can mix up on the street because it gets really good. Like the energy for the high, men's high jump was sick. Um, yeah what i was seeing but yeah like maybe something like that for a street meet 5k do it before the final because i think everybody wants to run a traditional 5k in the track for the final that's um, right next year is going to be the the priest trail 5k for the diamond league final <laughs> you're gonna have three electric. people turn up to that <laughs> gonna be absolutely we'll be there electric. it'll just be us three racing each other on priest trail one lap of priest trail for all the money that'd be pretty sweet. that'd be pretty good that'd be a pretty good uh media stunt right there 
Yeah. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, I'd love them to do like a dog edition because Gus will – I mean, he's in shape. So, George's uh, girlfriend, Jenna, has been uh, looking after Gorsi. This is a Gus update, everyone. I know this is the most important part of the podcast. This is a Gus update. So, Gus has now been towing along Jenna on her skates, roller skates. He's been dragging her along like a horse and cart, really. You know, like he's been just getting in, getting in shape. He's getting in shape for the off season. I don't know why. Like I've been training this entire time and he thinks it's, it's a good time now to start getting fit. Don't understand it. But he, um, I think Jenna just mentioned to us, he ran a four, he was averaging a 4.15 mile at some point, towing her, and then he averaged like a 6.47 for one lap, which is like, what's one lap? Like half a mile? I think it's 1K. 1K and 4.15. So the boy's in shape. 4.15K is not bad. Yeah, he still looks like a keg on legs, um, but he's in shape. He's taking a recovery right now. We're going to do an ice bath for him um, just to get him ready for the for the double this afternoon. He's got a threshold workout tomorrow. Uh, double I don't threshold. know where he's going to race. He's, uh, he's looking for an, for an agent too. Shout out to uh, any agents who are interested in sponsoring Gus. He's going to try and uh, get into the running game. Um, but yeah, he seems to be in really good shape thanks to Jenna. Uh, but that's, that's the Gus update. He's chilling with us right now, being a nuisance. We should actually take him to a track and find a way to time his fastest 400 and put it on our Instagram. I think that would be great content. we got to yeah, find no, a way like to make that happen. You just do a reel yeah. of like just follow him around like a lap and then someone has like a, a treat or something on a, on a scooter or something. You just... I honestly think he could run pretty fast if you could get him <laughs> to stay in, on the lane. Yeah, because he might, he might like veer off. Do you think he can break, do you think he can break 60? That's pretty quick. No, I think he can break 70. 70, oh, that's okay. Great. I would say 80. I would say 80. Yeah, maybe more Expectations like, are like pretty high when I say 80. I, I think he could the, break 70 because yeah. his first 200 is great, but then I'm not sure if he could stay motivated enough. If he knew... It's all about the motivation. If he knew what was at stake, oh, he if could we break had 70. The, if we had the Frisbee... That could help. If we had the Frisbee, he would be... First, he would 100% go 400 meters. He would definitely hit the back straight and start to feel lactic. But then he'd rally for the for the final straight for sure because he'd hear everyone cheering him on. Did yeah. dogs get lactic? Is it like the same thing? I, I don't know. I don't know if they get lactic. I don't I'm even sure, know where he's going. Yeah. We'll yeah. Uh, we'll cover him in we'll cover him in PR lotion. Yeah. To True. to to fight off the the lactic. To buffer the lactic, he'll be ready PR to go. Bath. He can do it. He can do a ten by mile with uh, with Joe. That will get him fit. With Joe, he'll lead that'd be dangerous. That would be actually you'd be too fit then at that point. Gus would need to chill out. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And also we should we should shout out. Sorry, we've been going on a sidetrack. Back to the Diamond League direct. Shout out Sage third. Yeah. Eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Amazing. First Absolutely amazing. Year, and you would not expect like you just wouldn't even think that she's like a first year pro after that performance. It was pretty impressive. She took off some big scalps, some big heavy hitters, as Morgan would say. Um, Fantastic by Sage. Really, really happy for her. Amazing season. Didn't break two. Now one fifty-seven girl. What else? What, what is she going to be doing? What else can she not do? It's going to be interesting to find out. But um, it's going to be really interesting job. what happens next year. Because oh yeah, hundred percent. And who's who's who's? Uh, I hate to say it. I hate to be this guy. I'm going to be this guy right now. Who is performing better, Joe or Sage? Who is it? Because <laughs> there's always this rumor, like well, not rumor, like this. I is, mean, Sage like, just came like, fucking third in the Diamond League final, but then yeah, I know, I know, it was I know, US I know. champ in the 10K. So it is like really hard to. 
it's it's a hard thing where you know it's kind of like oh where are we where are we and uh that is really there's hard. a thing where like couples like running couples in particular apparently only one of them can perform well and the other one's like the support yeah you heard this? they're doing a great job to disprove that theory because that's they're been really, a pretty strong yeah, theory up to this point right now they're disproving that theory 100 percent, and it's going to be nice to see how that moves forward but like who's going to be the one that's like doing better i don't know i couldn't tell from this season they've had both incredible years and uh they're going to cap it off this year with, with, a, with a celebration of their love, uh, marriage. And, uh, Amazing. And um, I'm excited for the wedding. It's going to be my first wedding. And, uh, you know, US champ on one side, 157, third in the Diamond League final on the other side. What type of babies are they going to produce? Absolute studs. Anyway. I can imagine. Uh, I'm excited for both of them. They've had both great years. And uh, I don't know what else we could say about the Diamond League final other than it was pretty fantastic. Uh, I actually huh? have one other t- one other tidbit. Uh, we should also mention Dominic Labalo, our, oh, on, our on teammate. You know what's crazy? So he was training up with us in St. Moritz, and he is probably the most talented athlete I've ever seen. Like literally, the way that he just rips it off. He doesn't even run that many miles. He runs. He's a five k guy, and he runs like fifty miles a week. And he came second in the Diamond League final, and apparently, he thought there was one more lap to go. <laughs> no shit <laughs> apparently he, he broke 13 minutes on this street track and thought there was one more lap to go <laughs> what? God how damn, crazy is wonder. that he's an incredible um like the the root well not the rumors <laughs> but like circling around him was like the training that he was doing that was pretty insane and then i heard about the uh three by five k did around the loop in st moritz and then three times five k in 14 10 yeah and then after that on he took shoes going around people no, that was a different one, Ollie. Different oh, day. that was a different workout. Oh, I thought it was the same thing. I was like, holy shit, this guy's feet are more callous. I think we talked about that this one uh, a couple of weeks ago when he he was with Joe and I, and we were doing 200s on the track after a fart lake, and he just was behind. I didn't even notice, and he just took his shoes off and started running bare feet like on the actual track and was just so casual about it. And I was like, what is going on? This guy is ridiculous. He makes me insecure about my abilities. Dude, same. He's incredible. That is insane. He is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to him as well. Like he's had an incredible year as well. It was cool to meet him up in St. Moritz. It's a pretty mm-hmm. cool dude. So. He's a he's a really cool, fun guy. So yeah, it's very happy to see him have that success as well. So yeah, that was the Diamond League final. The one part that we haven't talked about yet is the after party, which I haven't gotten the full rundown on yet, unfortunately. But I've heard it was pretty pretty wild. Is this true? Oh, yeah, I heard Yingi was getting getting Mate, after on Jingy. the dance floor. Jingy has disproven my the- like theories of all along of just like you can't have fun to be he, a champion. He's not a robot after all. Oh god, mate. So we let's just let's just run it down. So I won't you know I won't divulge too much information, obviously. But we came down to the hotel bar to have a few beers. And then there's a, a nightclub um, that like kind of hosts the athletes. You can get in for free um, if you're an athlete at the Diamond League and get a drink and and socialize all together, celebrate a massive year, um, which they did last year. Uh, I went with Stewie and Ram- Rambo and uh, Ignacio uh, last time. This time around, though, J.K. Wood, Josh Kerr, and I, we were like, oh, we'll go down and have a few beers. Everyone else was down there. Nina Kennedy, shout out. Uh, fan of the pod, pole vault, Diamond League champ. Uh, she was down there with Curtis Marshall, another Aussie. So everyone was kind of moving, like mashing together all different, you know, events all together getting drinks and uh stewie tells me oh Jakob's gonna come down for a few beers 
and I thought he was fucking with me. I actually honestly thought he was fucking with me because there's no way. I thought there's no way like Jakob's coming down for a few beers. There's no way, like impossible. He comes down with his girlfriend wearing an old Nike, like this Nike shirt, Nike pants, you know, all the Nike stuff. And then straight away just starts sinking beers like it's water. Like this guy's been drinking. What He's kind of drink do? And I looked at Jake and Josh and, and we just, you know that meme where that guy does that little blinky eye thing like that? That's exactly <laughs> how we were looking at him at the bar. He was just chilling. He was vibing, having good chats. Um, we had a good chat. He was going to have a break in Portugal and he was going to do this at the Berlin track meet and all this sort of stuff. I met his uh, lovely fiance. Um, yeah, I asked him about Gus. He said, who's Gus? And I got a bit upset. Um, no, it's in general, up. he was just chilling and vibing. And then all of a sudden, we get out to the nightclub and I was with uh, – shit, who was I with? I think I was with Curtis. Curtis Marshall was a pole vaulter from Australia. And we're having a few drinks and you know, we're getting a bit drunk and having a fun time and dancing and stuff. And then I look over and then I see Mondo and his girlfriend just like freaking, you know, dancing with each other, like grinding a bit of, you know, bit of this, bit of that. And then right next to them is Jakob and his girlfriend doing the exact same thing. And then there's all these amazing athletes around them just jinging them up, cheering them on. And, and it was just the most incredible. It was like seeing Bigfoot on a unicorn. That's what it was like. It was insane. It was so much fun. Everyone was having a great time. Uh, the unity of track and field at that elite level, you never really see people like, you know, the, like these amazing athletes, talented athletes, just drinking a lot, dancing, having a great time, enjoying the year. Great to be a part of. Did I get to, uh, you know, dance with them? No. Unfortunately, you you know, you, you have to at the top of level. I just kind of danced on the God outside. I shimmied around. Uh, but it was it was pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, it was very nice. Got back in at 4.30. Had a Q&A with On at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so I, That's brutal. So I went to – to uh, our favorite place, shout out Collective Bakery, my favorite place. Got a coffee, uh, got some, you know, some liquid juice in, and uh, re- revamped me for the for the Q and A. And then after that, was just uh, dragging my feet the rest of the day trying to <laughs> stay awake. But it was it was fantastic. It was really nice because you don't, yeah, you don't really get to celebrate in track in a lot of other sports. I mean, people probably know this, but a lot of other sports like basketball and NFL, like they have like massive off seasons where they just go party and drink and travel and all that sort of stuff. Track and field, you don't really get that. I mean, people are pretty much back back into running sometimes two weeks after they finish the season. So being able to have one night where you have all the people there celebrating, dancing, uh, drinking, uh, yelling out Ingi, 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 while he shimmies his way uh, towards the front of the dance floor, doesn't get much better than that, to be honest. So it was great. I heard the – did you jump in the lake? No, I heard someone jump in the lake. No, I didn't jump in the lake. Who jumped in the lake? I don't know. I heard some story about Stewie's passport. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I heard this too. I heard this too. I, I think, didn't he? Did he lose his passport or something? He lost his passport and spent hours looking for it. And it was in his shoe the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a good night. That's how. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just people just just vibing. People going down on those electric scooters about a hundred miles an hour. Two of them holding holding on. I saw one bloke, um, I think he was one of the athletes, and the girl was in front of him, and he's just literally just grabbing her by the boobs. That's how all he's holding on with. And then all these cars are honking at him going, yeah, and he's, he's just like really proud of himself holding on to her cleavage while she's driving driving the scooter for them back home. So it was, it was good vibes. Good vibes. I was, it was a the shame that you boys wild. You know, yeah. we're saving you guys, us three, reuniting, celebrating the year at the second annual – Coffee Club sponsored gala. I can't believe Big it song. took us this long to mention it. 
That's actually what, this long easy. into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's I mean, we impressive. have a lot to talk about. We, have a lot we to talk do about. have a lot uh, to talk about. That's crazy. No, I did try and get Ritz out for a few beeries to, you know, see his dance moves. Helena beeries. Some Helena beeries. Now is now is I think Helena beery has moved to Boulder. She's in Boulder so right now. This is the opportunity for Helena beery with Helena beery. Oh, if I had a Helena beery, Helena beery, pretty sure I could end my career right there. Be an yeah. That was the funniest thing. I was walking around and people were yelling out to me, "Oli, do you want a Helena beery?" So I knew so that was good. the part. Yeah, so good. This is a good one. Yeah, but uh, no, it was it was uh, very 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 fun. It was very it wasn't as fun as it could be though because my boys Morgan and George weren't there dancing with the dance floor, showing showing the the crowd what we can do with our feet. It's not much. Don't worry, we can't really dance. Well, I can't really dance. Morgan's a great dancer. George, no. actually, Morgan, is Morgan is a great. No. Morgan is a great. No. Dancer. No. I didn't see you dance. Let's hear let's hear about Morgan's. Uh, was there any dancing post Zagreb? Oh yeah, post. Oh, let's talk yeah. about Zagreb first. Exactly. Let's get the race and then let's get the uh, the aftermath, the shimmering from Morgan. All right, What's race the- first, Zagreb. Um, okay, I, I mean, I have good things and bad things to say about Zagreb as a city. Uh, amazing coffee shop there. I'll bring, I want to give a shout out to Luta Coffee. They gave us some beans. It was actually so funny. We went there like the day before the meet and I was with Joey Baratua and Sinta. And the guy who owns the coffee shop was a massive Tinman fan. No joke. Really? He went crazy when Joey walked in. And he, he doesn't really run as much anymore, but I guess he, he used to. And so he was watching a YouTube content and all that. And so he didn't we went there three times, didn't let us pay for our drinks once. I bought a t shirt, like I bought their merch and stuff, but he also gave us some beans, the beans that they use. So I'll bring them back to Boulder so we can all uh taste them because it made amazing no coffee. So that was really cool. Apart from that, the city is pretty average. I think when most people go to Croatia, they 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 go to the coast. I don't think they spend too much time in the cities. But the meat itself was top notch. Honestly, I was really surprised because I haven't been at you know any like big meats this year really. Like, and this one was it was gold label, and there was a ton of people from that had done Zurich Diamond League final that then came to this meet. Like, um, both all the good shot putters were there. Like, literally, my mm-hmm. roommate was was uh, John. No, Joe Fawn. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, Joe like his Joe Fambula. Fambula. Yeah, like that was my roommate. Grant Holloway was there. Um, just like a lot of really good people. So I was like, damn, I didn't really expect that. Um, but the race itself was, it was meant to be paced like super quick, like bang on five minutes at 2K, 7.30 pace. But we kind of knew huh. it wasn't going to quite be that race. And I think our first K was like 2.34 or 35 so I was chilling. Like I was pretty happy with that. Like I, I could tell that we were going a little too slow because I felt a little too good. I was like, I expect this to feel like shit. Um, I feel like that's the, the, sorry, that's yeah. the exact same split you ran in for the five k like the week before. So no, literally, I did that. It yeah. did feel good. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, man, this this is not a good sign that I feel this good one k into this race. And then they did speed up, and I got like dropped a little bit, but then the when the paces dropped off at 2k i think it was they ran like a 65 at the front so i just caught back up and then it was a big kick down at the end i think the race is on youtube if you want to watch it um but i was really happy i ended up coming third i was pretty boxed in which is like 100 percent my fault um and i had to like shimmy my, my way through like a couple guys in the final stretch i definitely just like held off on kicking for maybe a little too long because there was literally six people in a pack together going into the final stretch but 
honestly, for me coming third in that race, I was really happy, like just so happy to finish the season healthy and like get some good results like that against some really good guys. I mean, it was won by Woody and Woody's pretty legit. So um, to be just a little bit behind him was good. And then, yeah, the vibes after it were like amazing. Like, they definitely know how to have a good time there. Uh, there were a bunch of fireworks at the track, like didn't really expect all of that. Like it was really cool. And then in the hotel, this is like, this was pretty sweet. On the eighth floor of the hotel, there's like meeting rooms and that's where all the parties were. And it was like an open bar and they had like a DJ and stuff going until 3 a.m. And so like literally everyone was there, like all the athletes were staying in this one hotel and they're all up on the eighth floor. Um, Everyone's season is done that's there. So everyone's just like partying. And uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. It got got a bit wild um, at times. I don't know what I can say. One thing I can say, which was hilarious, was that a 17-year-old kid was there. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Distance runner? Yeah, there's a 17-year-old kid oh, yeah, in my race yeah, that yeah. ran 748. Jeez. I think I think he broke the I don't know if it was the European record or the world under 18 record, but I think he broke Jakob's under 18 3k record or something. He also broke the 1500 meter record like in Luzerne like 2 yeah, weeks did. ago. So, yeah, <laughs> I was like like I didn't know he was in my race till after when he was like sitting next to me. And they told him, like, he'd broken the record. And then I saw him at the after party. I'm like, fuck, this makes me feel so old. This guy's literally born in 2005. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and you're partying with him in Zagreb. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, this, this is crazy. No, he's way too young to, to be doing this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, 7.48 at 17 is crazy. Like, I don't even know how you, that's possible. But um, That is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, good vibes after. There was a lot of americans there like a lot of people that i knew so um just always good to catch up in that way and celebrate the end of the season like that um yeah nothing like i don't know nothing too crazy to report went to maccas and um was the dri- yeah went like ran down the road to maccas like once the dj left and only the drive through was open and so we walked up to a car which is some croatian people and we we're like hey can you order this us this like we'll pay and they were like, yeah, chill, hand them my card. And I was like, oh, what do you guys do? And they told us like that they were drug dealers. And they were like pretty scary after that. I was, a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> I was a little bit intimidated. But then they handed us our burgers and our nuggets and, and all was good. They give you card uh, back? Yeah, yeah. They gave it back. I, I think they're happy that <laughs> we, we paid for their Maccas, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, just a just a nice wholesome way to, to end the season. And then um, felt pretty rusty the next day on the five hour bus ride down to split but it was it was all right i don't know do we want to get into postseason plans as well now i guess or should we move on to george yeah let's let's go into new york which i think happened pretty much simultaneously with my race i think we raced at almost the same time george because i was europe in the evening and you were morning in america yeah yeah no, fit that. Well, actually, quickly, if anyone, someone should go, you should go watch Morgan's, the end of Morgan's race at least. The last 200 is very entertaining. There's like seven people with 200 to go and everyone get, there's like, it's like four wide by the end. It was, it was silly. It was honestly silly. Pretty fast too. Yeah, still yeah. really fast. I think Woody closed in like 25. Not surprised. Apparently, apparently he did. I, I was like, fuck man, he was so far on the outside and I was just like, 
I was just hoping that the inside lane would open up because it did last time I raced a 3K and it happened sometimes, but it just didn't. And then I was like, shit, I got to like push through these guys pretty much because like <laughs> I, I knew I had like a bit of a kick left and they were kind of just holding. But uh, yeah, I guess that's that's what you get for sticking on the inside sometimes when there's that many people. But no, nah, it was it was fun racing, like real fun racing at the end, which is awesome to have. But yeah, how was the whole fifth Ave experience? Dude. Well, uh, the bar was set pretty low after last year, not making the start line and spending pretty much two days unable to eat or drink or do anything. So do you have Whole Foods hot bar. That's, I, that's I, I did not sit, step foot in Whole Foods. Smart. Yeah, I wish you would have done that and just been freaking like, fuck Redemption. You. I, can, <laughs> I can eat this and still race. Well, we did before Milrose, remember? We didn't get hot bar, but. Before Milrose, we went to that same whole thing. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, but we, I walked around the hot bar, like, looking at you saying, like, I dare you to fucking <laughs> yeah, that's some right. this shit. Yeah. So, I already, I already beat Whole Foods. I already yeah, claimed, you, claimed you, dominance. You already got victory over Whole Foods. But, no, nah, honestly, great place to end the season. So, thank you to Sam uh, and New York Grownos for having me back after, even though I didn't make Starline last year. It was pr- pretty ridiculous field. This year would have been even more so if you ran it, but um, like a bunch of very runners, and I was dodging you. I didn't want you to beat me. Um, I would definitely end the season there, pretty regularly if I could. It's freaking fun, man. It was Um, yeah. It was last year. It was a blast. Well, actually, it wasn't as much of a blast because you were sick in the hotel room for the whole time. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was talking about. Saying that I didn't like New York before the race. Yeah, you were saying (laughs) you didn't want to stay in it, bro. (laughs) It's actually well. Unfortunately, the place where you stay that's close to Central Park for like all the New York Road Runners meets, like Milrose and Fifth Ave and really Park Central. Marathon. Park Central. Really and it's nice. actually like it's perfect because it's where the park is, so it's like the best spot for running. But yeah. it's actually like a like not a cool bit of the city. I'll be honest. So touristy. It's just like a bunch of financial district places and then like Times Square, which sucks. So I got out there for. A, like the day before the race, I guess on Saturday, like took the subway down the city a bit. And there's just like, there's actually really epic neighborhoods to go do stuff. Got a bunch of coffee recommendations from Tom Wang. I ran into Tom Wang like three times. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like of in course. all of Central Park. Legend. Saturday morning, there's like a million people running around Central Park on the weekend. Like it's insane. He had, and, he had his binoculars out looking for Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> within within the first like two minutes of the run, I ran into Tom Wang. He's he's blonde now. You seen him? Yeah, he dyed his hair. He yeah. looks freaking dope, actually. So, shout out shout, to Tom. Shout out to our boy Tom Wang. Our boy Tom Wang. And so I actually had a great time in New York, <clears throat> day before, at least, and um, got some nice food. Did you go out after? Went to the um yes <laughs> how was it are you are you were you rough afterwards we haven't even um, talked about the race yet all you skipped the race bro <laughs> yeah i'm always he's getting too excited after. he's getting, getting too excited, excited. after sorry sorry it's so too, too too exciting if you don't saw the video it's absolutely <laughs> pissing down with rain yeah during the race which pretty i think it was for yours too more great a few years ago 2018 yeah. 2019 is that the wet oh, one man. that jake whiteman uh, also won no i don't think mine was wet actually no it was one one no. Maybe last year. No, no, last year was beautiful. Oh, wow. I don't know. It was the last one Jake won. was also raining. Oh, no, no. So I thought he, he won, won last year. year. Yeah. First, the first one Jake won. Was maybe, in it was, the maybe it was 2018 or something. So I think it rains like a decent amount for this race. Dude, what about Josh and... Kerr falling over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Did you see that, Ollie? No, I haven't he hasn't, seen it. He hasn't I haven't seen, seen it. it. 
Oh I didn't even God. know he fell over. I just thought he had a shit race. Um, well, he like tripped at the start line. He just full hands and knees off the line. I was, we stood there for so long, like a good 10 minutes on the start line. Must be, I don't know, like the TV. And there must have been a lot of people there as the well. The TV window like, or something must have of, like. Like a big, big lineup. So it must have been like a big line to have everybody on there. Yeah, it was. I was in the second row and there was like a, there was like a third row behind me. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to dry my shoes a bit. I like just scraping on the ground because I didn't want what happened to Josh to happen. I was like, oh, someone's going to go down right here. I didn't even know he went down until I saw afterwards though. He was like way on the other side. Um, yeah, he kind of yeah, ruined. Yeah, he was right at the front. Oh, shit. So he would have ruined everyone behind him. Just well, he ru- Eagle, like. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he took out, uh, I think he kind of fucked up Eric Holt's race as well a bit. Yeah, and Eric- Holt a bit. I felt um, bad for him. <clears throat> But yeah, it's just ridiculous, like sprinting down Fifth Ave in the pouring rain. <laughs> like, it's kind of good fans out there. A lot of fans. Oh yeah, so many. It's sweet. It's freaking awesome. It's like a pretty ridiculous concept, but yeah. um, I, I even I forgot Joe was running it too. Yeah, Clex Mix. Yeah, Clex Mix was in it. <laughs> he was in the lead with like two hundred meters to go. He was crushing it. He was uh, like that last year. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he, uh, he gets himself in a good position. It it was so fun. Um, mm-hmm. We, we obviously called Passoni getting that 3,000 bucks. It Did actually he say was like, he was going to do that? No, he, he was adamant that he wasn't going to do it. No, because that's what happened in 2019 as well. He I said he wasn't. He says that every time. I'm not surprised. Um. He was 100% going for it, whether he says he was or wasn't. This is like such a textbook. This year was crazy though because no one was going for it till like so late. It was absolutely free money. Yeah, textbook yeah. passing if you're going for it. Yeah, and you you have to come fifth to make a thousand dollars or more. So unless you think you're going to get fifth, you should probably just go for it. Yeah, top five. yeah and I don't think he was going to get fifth. Yeah, that's actually pretty crazy. That only top five. I thought it'd be like top eight or top ten because such a big meet, you know. So but. is it really three thousand dollars? No, no, one thousand. Oh, one thousand to the halfway. Okay. Still, yeah, pretty good money. So you only got for... one thousand, yeah, because mm-hmm. you have to be sub four to finish, right? To get yeah, but you you came last in that race and you were ran sub four. It's pretty like, wild. I think it was first time ever or something that everyone broke four. I don't know, but honestly, I ran. If I did it again, I would run it very differently. I kind of wish I did it last year. Still don't know, but I was so dumb. I started like so far all the way on the right, which I don't know if that is maybe a mistake. I don't know which side of the road is better, and then. If you're not saw the video, like with 200 to go, I'm all the way on the left-hand side of the road, probably like a good like six or seven meters like sideways from where I started. And I don't even know how that happened. At some point, like it's hard to get through people in the middle. So I almost like, I was like slowed down a bit and then like went around the back of the front group and then like tried to go around the other side and left way too much work to do, but it was fun. It, was, it gets hard. The last like 200 meters is pretty long once you can see the, the finish line from so far away. How are the shoes? Fine, I think. Yeah, pretty like, good. Slippery, but yeah. I think everyone was. I mean, yeah, with the weather like, like that. Yeah. I didn't fall, so um, not much to report. I felt like I could still sprint. Yeah. Um, yeah. All what right, coming. All right, let's go. Come on. What hmm? did you end up coming, George? Oh, I came sixth. 351.0. Pretty freaking fast. Pretty bro. damn good. Yeah. It's pretty damn right. good. It was only, I thought I was like, it was only 
I think White I think Jake ran one forty nine six maybe. One forty nine like, for a mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one forty five. He's just said one forty nine. <laughs> All right, wasn't one forty nine. Three forty nine. Yeah, I know. Come on, let's go after party. After party. Come on, Morgs. Come on, Morgs. Did something after crazy party. happen at the after party that all he wants to know about? <laughs> he looked like he won it so easily. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah just, he's had another guy that's like had one of the one of yeah. the best years I've ever seen. Just Insane, crushing it, Jake anyway, Whiteman. It was great fun. No, it looked like yeah. a great time. And then, yeah, yeah, there was a bit of an after party. Quite nicely, it was been last year because during COVID there wasn't like a they didn't put anything on, but this year there was open bar from five till ten, like five hours bad. of free drinks. Any drinks you wanted. So this is the thing. I got a message from Chris Chavez when I was in Zurich. He's like, "Hey, uh, it's not gonna be as good as the gala, but uh, Citrus Mag is is hosting the uh, after party at after Fifth Ave. You should come." Blah blah blah. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm not coming." And he was like, "Well, you missed out on a great time." Yeah, and he was like, "No, like seriously, it's gonna be like really good. Like, tell everyone, tell your friends, blah blah." blah. I was like, "Okay," but I was like, "Oh, he doesn't need free advertisement. Surely it's gonna be, it's gonna be good." So, um, but in general, like it looked, it looked like the photo, even the photos were like really nice. There's like these lovely, like everyone was dressed oh, yeah. really nice. There's all these nice photos of everyone just with nice cocktail drinks and like, I mean, they just everyone looked really nice, really, you know. It was great. Well was dressed. Two hours of bar provided by New York Roadrunners. That's really kindly. nice. That's a good idea. Some food. And then we went one block away to Sidious party. Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. <coughs> Wrecked up quite a tab apparently. We had to hit a minimum of $6,000. I don't know why, why it's why a minimum. minimum. I don't know. Yeah, wait, what apparently happens if you don't do that? Well, that's what I was wondering. I may, or maybe it's no six thousand dollars no matter what, even if you only spend five. Maybe oh, that like, must be what it is. That must be what it is. A discount drinks, and then after that, you. But then we went over, and they just put another like thousand dollars on it or something. That's freaking tight. So yeah, I reckon you have to. You probably have to pay for six thousand in advance to like lock it down. I reckon. Yeah, and then yeah, that's probably what it is. Anything right. down that. So Sidious Sidious Mag must be feeling flush. Hashtag good for the sport. Hey, man, yeah. you must be doing yeah. well. Doing better than us. I don't think at the gala we're going to be putting down $6,000. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Actually, now we need to do that as well. All right, minimum $7,000. I, I, I got you. Guys, I got come you. on. I got you. Come on, 7, I believe they may have had a little help from a uh, sponsoring brand. Okay, we need to but, get some sponsors for this party, guys. And it can't <laughs> just be us. Oh, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to sponsor uh, the gala, reach out yeah. in the next month. We will we will sell ourselves for you. We will wear whatever we'll a bunch clothes of you want. tequila companies to sponsor it. That'd be sick. Actually, that would be pretty sweet. That would be dangerous though if it's only tequila at our party. Yeah. Holy mm. shit. Actually, I mean, yeah. there was lovely speech by both Laura and uh, Jake at the. They had to speak. But yeah, apparently that's tradition that the winners speak Fuck at the uh, yeah. the little after thing. What would you have said both, if you won? They both spoke very well. I don't know. I didn't win. Yeah, but what would you have said <laughs> if you did win? I want to know what you would have said. Hey, Ollie, George, you'll find George out when he wins. You'll, you'll find, find out when he wins. wins. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Okay, well, if I ever win that, I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I had a lovely time. Everyone out partying. Till, I lasted till maybe 12.30. I, might, I had to leave for the airport at 4 though. 4 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, 12.30, that was like... Probably eight AM Europe time from two days ago. Yeah, true. But yeah. That, no, that was just when the live music finished, 4 and then the live music finished, and then a bunch of us. Mate, left. I can't believe you booked a four AM flight after New York Fifth Ave. 
That's fucking yeah, what crazy. the fuck? No, five was a six. I, I think I, I, yeah. I think I left the hotel at four. Still, six is still I crazy. Like, I don't, I don't get how people do that, man. Like, that just sounds like the worst thing in the world. Oh, it sounds like, shocking. Yeah, it was pretty like, rough. I was walking back <laughs> I, from the airport last night, and people were boarding a flight from Denver to Newark at eleven fifty p.m. How fucking oh horrible does that sound? There's Dude, some flights yeah, out there that overnight. you just like, you know, that like, everyone on there is miserable. Red eyes, uh, miserable. They're fucking. Worse. Oh, I thought maybe at six a.m. I'd be like higher chance of getting upgraded. Did you get upgraded? Not a chance. I was like 10. Dude, okay. It's impossible. I understand. I am 1K. I have flown so much this year. I've spent so much money with United. Did you get upgraded today or last night? No, I was like 15th on the list. I was like, there's no way these people have traveled five times and spent this much money on traveling domestically in the States (laughs) as well. I do not get it. United, what the hell is going on? I am a 1K member. You respect my opinion as a loyal customer. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm you just got to spend more money, man. You're just not spending enough on them. No, got the actually, I think business guys get upgraded quite a bit. Yeah, I get upgraded a lot. So I'm I'm trying to think of someone the equivalent of of Jingy coming out after the race, but I feel like everyone was just. Expected. I mean, Wyman Wyman's the equivalent of Jingy because he didn't go out. He was in still in Zurich. He had like one beer. Honestly, by the time I left, it was just the the Brits that were still going. Of course, <laughs> it was. Dude, the Brit, the Brit, the Brits freaking love it. Have some freaking stamina, oh, mate. When they're out, man, it is so impressive. Natural yeah. born athletes and natural born yeah. drinkers. Josh was having a great time. His, his missus was there, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was. Yeah, I think that they're going to uh, they're going on holiday after that too. It's funny, all the Brits were going on holidays to like Greece or Spurs yeah, they or, were. Like I think was they know how to have a good time. Girlfriend and. Oh, mate. But great, great. Uh, good for the sport. Hashtag good for the sport. All three, yeah. Zagreb, New York, Zurich. Fifth, fifth Dev is very good for the sport. It's a great spectacle of like what, what running can be. Because it, it's so great that there's like thousands of people run beforehand in like, I don't know, age group races, whatever, our sub elite. Mm-hmm. And so they're all, they all just like hang around after the race to watch the elite races. So there's like heaps of people there. Heaps of college teams came up, asked for photos. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, special. Just just good times all around. Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if there's anything else you we can add. See it. I think we've covered. Yeah. I mean, everything. amazing way to finish up for everyone. And we all, we all celebrated. And now we're currently in that postseason phase where I don't think any of us have run a step since those races that we, we just mentioned. Um, we were talking a bit the last few weeks about our postseason plans, so I think we should just do a little update check-in on that. Um, as I said in the beginning, I'm in Paris now until for like another five days and then back to Boulder with the boys, but I went to split in Croatia for a few days, got the bus down there, which guys, like, you got to go there. I mean, I, I find it really weird, I think I said this before, to pay a bunch of money to go to a, like the beach when it's like the beach is just like at home for us as well. But considering I haven't been back home for like three years now, uh, it was very special to get to be able to do that before coming back to the mountains of Colorado. And yeah, I mean, color. I mean, Croatia is. I, it's obviously split is massive tourist place. I think I don't know if this is a true fact, but one of my one of my Uber drivers said that tourism is fifty percent of Croatia's GDP, which uh, get I guess that gives you I some perspective on. Yeah, how massive it is for that. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Just like the life there was just so relaxing after like being in like in race mode and all that and training mode was just so chill. You just go hop in the water, just take a tour around the different like islands and that and just like 
cheap food relatively but like really high quality and just a good time so um hopefully one of these years we all go on one of those trips together because um yeah it was a lot of fun but but now i'm in paris living it up in paris as well so pretty cool pretty cool over here um ollie did you have a good time in zurich ollie had to take out a loan (laughs) fucking hell i spent so much money in zurich Uh, (laughs) not a cheap not, not cheap no, and I went to Gucci as well and spent a shit ton of money as well. <laughs> oh my god! What did like, you get? At, what yeah. did you get at Gucci? What did you get? Uh, yeah, like I don't know if I want to say it on the. I, I got, I got like. Um, we don't need numbers. We but. don't need numbers, but I got, um, I got some pants, like really nice pants for the wedding for Joe and Sage's wedding. Um, I got like the loafer shoes. Really nice loafer shoes. Um, like the classic then, Gucci ones? Yeah, and then I got a pro. I'm going to make so much money yeah. when you wear those. <laughs> yeah, no, but they look freaking sweet. I don't care. Make fun of me as much as you want. They look amazing. <laughs> um, and then I got a Prada shirt, like a nice dress shirt from Prada. And then I got a watch from Gucci as well, like a Swiss-made watch. Um, and then, yeah, a I just Swiss spent like made a shit watch. ton of money on well, it's made I mean, in Italian, Italian brand. Yeah. Interesting. It's confusing, huh? It's pretty confusing, yeah. but it looks sick. Um, yeah, and then I spent a lot of money on drinks, just eating food. The food there was amazing, but so freaking expensive. I'm scared to look at my bank account. I'm pretty sure all the money I made in the Diamond League final was gone. <laughs> we, I just we do spent always say that prize money isn't real. Like, it's not real. You just have to spend it on stuff like that. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. It's, it's true. all you can do. It's the only no, way. But I like, you can't, I, you're not allowed to you know save what? that money. I was like, fuck it. Like, I, I want to buy something nice and I... Uh... It's even better if you spend it before you get paid it too. Yeah, which is what exactly what I did. <laughs> Probably not going to get paid that money for like nine months, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but it's coming anyway. Yes. That, that's the best yeah. way to do it. You spend it as soon as possible. By the time you yeah. get paid it with inflation, it'll be worth half as much anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you True spend that. it now. True that. Genius. But, no, it was really, really nice, beautiful place. Zurich sat on the river a lot. Um had some good coffee. Collective Bakery was my spot to go to. And then I'd just get the tram around and have some good vibes. Um, the food there, actually the Japanese food there was really good. Um, didn't do any fondue because that stuff smelled weird. Uh, but they had some good ice cream, hung out. The one thing I got annoyed with though eventually and I was like keen to get that fuck out was the smoke. Cigarettes. Everybody smokes. It was like... Oh, it was so bad. Like going Europe out. Europe is intense for that. I sit outside. Like it's beautiful. Like this with all the like the old buildings and stuff. And like you're kind of in that cobblestone street. You want to sit outside and have a nice dinner, but everyone fucking smokes, and it just like kind of ruins the vibe a little bit. Because like at some points, like I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't care. But then when it was every like it was just a lot all the time. It was just starting to wear me down a little bit. So I was keen to get back to uh, a no smoke area and just enjoy breathing in fresh air. But Overall, Zurich was great. My brother gets in tomorrow. Shout out Crispy Hall, CEO and president of Swim Squids Club, Squid Club. Uh, he's going to be coming on the pod at some point. You'll love him. He's hilarious. Um, he's excited to come out with the boys, hang out, have a few drinks, enjoy the off-season with us. He's excited to be a terrible influence for a couple of weeks. Well, that's exactly why he's here. He's team, he's team morale. He's team yeah. terrible influence. Uh, we got Perfect a few head of off-season, off-season planning committee. We got a few concerts yeah. coming up. We got Chet Faker, twentieth. We got Bink coming in, red hot, friend of the, friend of the pod. He's going to be performing in Denver. Everybody that wants to go to Denver and see him, you should definitely go. He's amazing. Buy tickets, go mm. see him. He's incredible. Um, and then Lewis and the Child at Red Rocks, 
13th of oh, October. Yeah, George, you got to book tickets to that. Did Ollie tell you about that? He just told me this morning. Yeah, it was like... Getting, okay, getting so I've been under the impression that to go to Red Rocks, you have to pay a bajillion dollars, but these tickets are like reasonably priced. And, you know, this is going to be like the greatest crossover of all time because we're going with all the Bauman people. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's who invited me in because that's who that's who invited me. I was with like Woody and Elise and stuff, and they're all going. And I think Grant's coming in, and then we might even I think Joey Barry too might be coming as well. So even a Tinman crossover, so it's gonna be special. Tinman as, as many people as we can in the running world. Oh yeah, imagine, okay, guys, <laughs> imagine the merch there. Well, we we mean Ollie were wait no, you weren't even there. I was inviting Elise to the gala. We were working out at the same track. Is she, is she coming? Well, I think so. She, I, I think know, she we're, is. We're quite vague about dates, but yeah. Well, we got to we got to put that out. We'll put that out. We yeah, do. People have started point. asking me, guys. So we really got to we got to yeah. we, we need write that seventh invite. Seventh or sixth of October, we got to write the poem, get the invite out. Um, is we'll it going to be a day party or a night party? Did we work that out? It's going to be both. <laughs> we should just do afternoon and night, maybe get a bit of okay. both. I like that. Yeah. But um, imagine the merch we could make with the Bauman crossover, Tim Man crossover, Coffee Club merch. Huge. It'd be sick. <laughs> for Louis the Child. Oh, that's going to be a fun time. For Louis we'll the Child. To, for Louis the Child. We'll have to post about um, that. Yeah, so that's my off-season plans, really. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward. I'm, I, I'm really excited to spend time with my brother. He, uh, Yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the world. So get mm-hmm. two weeks with that man. He gets to enjoy... George and uh, Morgan. He actually gets to enjoy to make fun of George a lot because George is a Kiwi. Um, being a true Blasi the way he is, he's going to give gonna George a uh, very special time. They're going to have a very special bonding time. Yeah, that's all right. Your works beat the Wallabies. Yeah, this I know. Morning. I know. We just watched the highlights. Won the Blizzard Cup again, so he can make fun of me as much as he wants. All right, we'll see how he responds to that. But George, <laughs> off-season plans. Um, off-season plans. Going to uh, – where am I going? Sacramento tomorrow. That's plan. California for the weekend. I'll let you and uh, Crispy destroy the house for the weekend. And, hey, he's uh, a builder. He'll fix it after we've destroyed it. No. I'm not very good at relaxing though. Got in 35 miles on the bike yesterday. What? <laughs> Why? Um, I just biked with, biked uh, with uh, Jenna to Jamestown. It's pretty sweet actually. Don't know where that it is, is, but that sounds fun. Did you bike ride or was it intense? Oh, she, she did like a workout. So I just did it with her. <laughs> Jeez, you're a good boyfriend. No, no, that does sound pretty fun. That does sound cool. No, it was good. Wait, Morgan, are you sarcastic or? No, no, no. I think, I think, <laughs> I mean, I mean, personally, I wouldn't do that like in this moment. <laughs> I, can I tell you guys, like, I didn't have anything to do this morning because I get, had to go to work and I was like, maybe I'll like jog down to the sand and like check out like the, like workout equipment there because I just like haven't done anything and I put my running clothes on and I just sat on the bed on my phone and then until she came back. <laughs> <laughs> That's off season, baby. That is off season. I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Like maybe I just to kill the time, and then I just didn't. I was like, no, this feels way better. But no, I actually (laughs) legitimately like uh, when I get back to Colorado, I would love to finally like take advantage of like trying to do some biking up one of those big mountains or like some rock climbing outside or something. So I do think that does sound fun. Yeah. You won't yeah. see me doing that, but yeah. I was supposed <laughs> to have started running already, I think. Oh, special spot. Because we, we raced a few days after him, so yeah. he, he's already... I'm going to run tomorrow. He's already I'm breaking the rules. Yeah, I, Wait, well, no, I'm, I'm not breaking the rules. Oh. I just, I, I, um, I, had, I, had to, I had some other stuff to do, aka traveling. 
getting Time back flies. into the country. Yeah, but, five um, days just like that. Off season, so you got Sacramento. Morgan's gonna be in Paris for a bit, and then my brother comes in. So still, still, still doing stuff. But yeah, um, I'll back. I tell you what, I'm excited for is uh, coffee club pod during uh, the fall. I think uh, our week to week podcast during the fall is going to be pretty interesting. I think the way we're going to get things going and talk about things and hopefully get some special guests on. It's going to be nice. I think and we'll we're try to bring so many guests on. I think like every so week, many. just like bring in a guest. You know what I thought of an idea wise? I know I'm saying this on the pod now, which could, you know, could be bad, but we should get someone to like three people to come in and mimic us for a podcast. <laughs> and then we don't say anything. So like then someone pretends to be Morgan, does like the way that Morgan talks. Someone pretends to be me, does the way, and dresses the same as well. And then George as well. And then we just have them on the pod pretending to be us. And we don't say Amazing. anything and we just do a video clip. And you could only find the video clip. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. I think like that's a, a great idea. A dubbed one? Like a dubbed one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then just pretend to be us. It'd be hilarious. Someone would probably make that now. And then we get a yeah. dog, dress up a dog in a bulldog costume. A fake Gus. Fake Gus. No, I think that's a great idea. See, those are the types of wild and wacky ideas that we're going to be bringing to you guys this fall. So I hope you guys are all very excited. The things that come out of the brains of the coffee club are, they're they're crazy. They're crazy. You never know what's going to be coming next. But uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. Episode 52, obviously part two is going to roll into it after this, but um do you guys have any mid mid episode outros that you want to give after episode fifty two? Because I think I, I mean the one thing I'm I'm sure you guys will say it too, but a bit special thank you to everyone that's been listening for the past year. I think Morgan, myself, and Georgia just get gobsmacked by the amount of support and people that love the podcast and love to follow our journeys in this sport. So it's a very very humbling thing. It's a very lovely thing and. Um, to be able to you know listen to us and support us for a year even with the beans and everything special thank you to you guys um we love you and we really appreciate you guys uh supporting us and listening to us and hopefully we can keep continuing to bring out absolute bangers every week and hopefully it gets better or if it gets you know gets more you know focused on hopefully giving you guys some content some merch whatever it is uh we're really thankful for you guys support so i think i'm sure I think that speaks for all of us. Yeah. 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 Nothing to add Thank to that. So yeah. Thank you. Well, now, uh, we just got to get all the boys back together and I'm excited for uh, for that one. Yeah. Well, with that, I think uh, that's episode 52, Midway. I hope you guys really enjoy the second part of it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. All righty, guys. <clears throat> Welcome back to part two of episode 52 of the Coffee Club where you going to give you a very special end of the year and George here joined by Ollie unfortunately no Morgan for part two today he's away on business trip taking it much more seriously than we are I think honestly I think everyone's missed one now because you missed one last week I've missed one in Florida and now Morgan's had to miss one as well so it's all even I think it was destiny that we all had to miss one in the first year but (laughs) we're we're ending the year with uh, a very special guest that we will introduce in just a minute, but uh, first, I'd like to just take a quick minute to thank On for making this happen today. Uh, we're very lucky to be in Zurich at a special location and uh, set up by 
on running themselves. So I'll let Ollie introduce the location. A very special place I know in his heart. So let's hear about it. I think I've spent most of my money here when I come to Zurich. Um, this is a very special place for me. When I think of heaven, I think of coffee shop. This coffee shop is probably one of my all-time favorites. And I've been very fortunate enough to travel to a lot of coffee shops around the world with the racing that we've been able to do. And uh, when I came here uh, the first time, I thought I, I couldn't leave. I think I was here for about three or four hours and I had four or five coffees. I was in a caffeine, just rush. But um, this is Collective Bakery. It's actually very, very close to the own headquarters, which is just uh, to the right of us. And uh, probably, yeah, my all-time favorite coffee shop. Uh, and if you guys, obviously, listening through every week pod, uh, week's pod, sorry, and you are able to watch it too, you might see there's a bit of an Easter egg here with the mugs that we use. Um, when we started the podcast, we started to use probably regularly these mugs that we have on the table right now. Um, when I first came here, I loved this coffee shop so much and the, the vibe that it kind of gave. I bought four mugs for me, George and Morgan, and then obviously a guest uh, to use on the coffee club pod. So that's a little Easter egg there because they use these mugs uh, in this coffee shop and it's one of my all-time favorite places. So um, to be able to do a podcast here last, you know, 52 weeks, one year, to do it here on headquarters to the right of us, you know, can't, can't get better than this. Obviously, Morgan's not here, but yeah, it's, it's, that's his problem. Oh, special way to the end of the year. And even, even better, I think, the, the person who introduced us to the Collective Bakery yeah. is sitting to my right, yeah. Mr. Jordan Donnelly. Yeah. Being a, as we just talked about it, an audience member a couple of times to the Coffee Club, this is his laptop, Coffee Club sticker on it. Um, very loyal. Uh, Jordan, what, what do you do for on here? Yeah. So it's quite funny that we're here on the, the week of the Zurich Diamond League because it was actually 52 weeks ago hmm. that we actually all first met here in Zurich. <laughs> That's right. Probably yeah. at the collective uh, bakery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the start of the journey, which I'm pretty sure most of the, the viewers and listeners have also been a part of, um, you know, with the whole product creation and seeing how everything came up with the products. I bet we talked about starting the podcast while we're here. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if we yeah. even mentioned that, but yeah. we'd, we'd already been started talking about yeah. getting a coffee club kind of podcast going. So that's interesting. Yeah. So it's good that we're here full circle 52 weeks later. Um, yeah. So my job within on is I lead the product creation team specifically for the athletes and that's in the innovation team. And the idea is that we use our, you know, our, top level athletes like George and Ollie, the rest of the OAC and a few other athletes around that as well. And we really integrate them into the product creation process. So take all the insights, the learnings, biomechanics, physiology, uh, the mentality of the athletes and try to integrate that into the product. I mean, I sit here, one guy, but this, to my right in the headquarters there, there's another right now 22 people in the team from designers, developers, chemical engineers, sports scientists, and as a team working together with the athletes, how we've managed to integrate those insights through different iterations um, to get to the final products, which you see on the track right now. I think to do this in a year. Less is, than a year. Yeah, pretty spectacular. I mean, yeah. yeah, 52 weeks ago. How, how yeah. many people were on that team when you joined? I think three of us. <laughs> three of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jonas and team on. Um, we were there at the Letzigrund, the big Diamond League stadium, getting the first insights and then we had some handmade prototypes in Boulder in October, right? Yep. Yeah. And then we came back in the indoor season with George's famous Milrose Games uh, <laughs> moment. Textbook George moment there yeah. that we uh, definitely capitalize on for the Coffee Club pod. We loved uh, showing that reel around and uh, 
really rubbing it into new gen's faces i think uh because they were doing a filming for the same time and we were just pushing that but um it's actually quite incredible i think people won't um fully take to grasp you were able to create um performance shoes well performance shoes for these athletes in probably 11 months and uh the journey for that i imagine your team is very tired (laughs) but um the validation of that uh what you've seen in the past season i guess with all the races and the athletes we've been able to bring upon um it's pretty fantastic and uh yeah we we've been really wanting to get you on this podcast so we're really happy to Mm -hmm. get you here and uh be able to pick your brain and obviously um our listeners can hear your insights onto on and and to what's uh you've been doing the past 11 months to get us to where we are where everyone keeps asking me to sell my spikes every (laughs) meet i go to so yeah and and you say i mean you obviously hit an innovation here but i mean we've been lucky enough to to see what you do on top of your just your roller on and you know organizing things day in and day out for he, he almost feels part of the team and and part of the family at, at oac um i know I, i've been a couple of nights at jordan's house here in zurich <laughs> um thank you nancy putting up with uh the team <laughs> and and, <laughs> and uh, i know a couple of others on the oac have and and we've been able to share some of those those moments like it at milrose having I don't know if it's, yeah, I mean, I haven't been with any other brands, but being able to be hands-on with the people making the shoes and then having them with you winning a race like that and, and you guys are right on the sideline made more excited than I was if that, if that was possible. So um, that's been a really special part of the OEC journey over the last year is, is how involved we are with the shoe team and, and we feel really grateful to, to have that um, have that part of the team so and i think that that gets into we realize you know there's so many there's so many people on the shoemaking team and and you know how, how the hell do you get into the shoemaking business yeah it's a good question I mean, there's yeah. not exactly a bachelor's degree <laughs> yeah i mean for example i still do like economics so it's nothing to do really with shoemaking. <laughs> um i think there's a few a few basic things which can help you along the way i'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are asking the same question I mean, the first and foremost, you need to be passionate about the sport and that will take you a long way and lay a foundation for you. And for me personally, I mean, I was a track runner, 800 meters. And then during college, I just took a part-time job while I was studying in a local running store, you know, selling running shoes. And I never used to know the difference between like a running shoe and a casual shoe for so on, you know, I just used to run in like whatever basic shoes out there. So just getting into the sport that way, learning a little bit about the business side of it and then... There's a lot of, uh, every company basically offers internships. Mm -hmm. And during university, I had to do a couple of internships. So during my time working at the running store, I bumped into a couple of tech reps, sales reps, and said, hey, how do I do your job? You know, how do I get your job and be part of this industry? And like, hey, well, how about you take an internship in one of these companies? So like, for example, now Carlos, Carlos Villarreal, Mm -hmm. your former teammate there, now he's a tech rep with on, you know? So that's kind of the route at which I started um to get the foot in the door and then yeah for me personally it just snowballed crazily like i, I guess did like an an interesting uh experience in adidas and then in puma and then they offered me a job in vietnam working in shoe factories uh so we picked up a lot around the engineering and how to build shoes that side and then the journey went back to germany a few years in the us and just evolved up and up um going across a few different departments and just accumulating different experiences and different brands within different departments 
to accumulate, you know, where we are today to put it all together, the different aspects. So I would say there's, you know, many roads lead to Rome. There's not one road that you need to take. There's different uh, angles, but if you start with the right passion, um, try and find yourself a, a small foot in the door, that's that's the really the first step which you need to take. And I wouldn't plan so far ahead in the future because you just don't know what the next one is. You just have to be prepared and be open to to take it. Hundred so. percent. I mean, if yeah. you think about your journey in particular, you were at Puma before this, correct? Yeah. Adidas. Oh, Adidas, and uh, those are two major companies that have been around for a very long time. Uh, Owen hasn't been around for quite as long as that. So, I mean, I'm sure your journey going through thinking where you're going to be, you don't know where you're going to actually end up. And uh, personally, I'd like to know, like, and I'm sure listeners too, is like, why, why, why transition to on? Yeah. Um, what, what led you to go? I'd love to be able to, you know, hit, hit the ground running with this company and start mm -hmm. to produce um, its first pretty much performance track spike, yeah. super shoe, all that sort of stuff. So what led you to, to make that decision? Yeah. I mean, if anyone knows me, like I'm quite like, um, I don't know. I have like a sense of urgency and I want to make stuff happen. Yeah, you know, we know I that. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys know <laughs> That's that. putting it lightly. Yeah, yeah. it's very putting it So, yeah, I just like to make stuff happen. And obviously my biggest passion is is running. So when I see in the market, like opportunity in the whole running space, that was one side of it. The other side was those other companies. I mean, I had that absolutely fantastic time and experience in both Adidas and Puma. I can't say anything bad about those companies. They got me to where I am today. But there's a lot of frustration when you have many layers of management and decision makers who are not actually that close to the sport and they make decisions which don't really, without the context behind it. Yeah. So that was very frustrating when you're like quite young and you have ideas and you never get the playground or the platform to express those ideas. So I had a conversation many years ago with Olivier Bernard, he's the, the founder of On. Um, at that, that time, me and my wife were happy living in another country say so, yeah maybe not the time to join on and then around 18 months ago he came back to me with this idea that hey how about we build a team within the innovation team who purely focuses on creating the most high performance footwear and apparel and accessories just for the athletes and you can lead the team you can build it how you want we won't interfere at all there won't be any like political stuff and management layers it'll just be you the athletes and the resources you need to make it happen so from, I, from what you know of other other companies, is, is that totally unique? Oh, yeah, this doesn't happen somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've tried to make it happen in the other companies, but there's so many structures and stuff. And those companies are like 50, 60, 70 years old with maybe 10,000 employees. And I think the, the rise of On and this coinciding at the same time was just like the perfect storm. And as well, I mean, you both of your guys' careers and the rest of the athletes, I think that's also really played into it heavily as well. I mean, the results speak for themselves on your side. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so it, was, it was such a big opportunity and I was really convinced. And I just said to Olivier, the founder, I said, hey, I'm convinced, but you need to speak with my wife because she's already moved her life from US to Germany and then having to move again. It's a lot of convincing. So he spoke to my wife and then my <laughs> wife goes back to me. She says, hey, I think we're moving to Zurich. Hey, there we go. Yeah, so. And then you had to earn brownie points ever since. Yeah, it's uh, me and Dathan, the coach who have a joke that neither of us see our wives very much. It's quite bad. But uh, yeah, she she puts up with a lot of it. And yeah, I have to earn a lot of brownie points. Like, I think the season ends basically Zurich Diamond League. Yep. My wife said, hey, when's the last race of the season? I said, here at home in Zurich, Thursday. 
this was a couple months ago. A week later, I just got an email. She booked a holiday, leaving at 7 a.m. Friday morning. <laughs> I loved it. I love that your season ends the same day as ours. Yeah. So that, uh, that shows how intertwined we are. And, and that timing is incredible. Like Olivier talking to you about starting that team and also talking to Dathan about starting our team. That, that's kind of such similar timing. Like two years ago, we we joined a team or a brand with or what we were running in. I'm like we too. I mean, they were they were shoes, but we didn't have you know they weren't competitive at the time with with what's out there at the moment. And again, is that I mean, Ollie's racing in a pretty incredible pair of spikes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm racing in a pretty great pair of uh, road flats on Sunday, and that's all happened in in the time since we've been with the brand and he, is that that seems ludicrous that that can happen so quickly is that also just totally unique in this yeah. space yeah it's definitely as unique i mean if you compare just to the standard in the market different competitors it's maybe 18 to 24 months to go through that kind of process and i think just having like this very tactical team with a very clear idea of of what we want to do and then just um really going for, through it without any distractions and i'd say Two huge things helped us. One is being so close to the athletes to get the insights directly. So we'd meet the athletes in the US and then fly directly to like Asia to implement changes. Hmm. We had a huge deadline of, okay, World Champs starts 15th of July. We need everything finished at least a month before to get the World Athletics approvals and so on. So that's one side. The other thing is just the complete freedom of the organization here and the support to really just whatever resources we need to make it happen, we've been made like the top priority in the whole brand, which causes a bit of a stare with other people who also want to push their things. But the brand realizes how important the high performance credibility is. Um, so they've really made that priority. And those two things coming together has allowed us to work in double speed to achieve what we've uh, achieved. So You talk about those, those deadlines for, for products and, and being out of wear shoes. I mean, how, how far in advance do you have to, to plan a, a shoe drop? Like how, that timeline goes back pretty far. You said 18, 24 months. Yeah. Does that mean, you know, you're looking 18 to 24 months from now? Yeah. So right now, for months? example, we are already way on, way on the way of doing all of our Paris 24 innovations and products and different concepts. So this, the current collection, which everyone sees now on the website and so on, this is the foundation. Now that's solid and we know it performs well based on the, the results you guys are having. Um, so now we can look forward to Paris and yeah, we're probably, I'd say 25% of the way along the journey to Paris with a bunch of different concepts. Um, yeah, so maybe about two years out. Yeah. You feeling 25% of the, uh, the way along in preparation for Paris? <laughs> Definitely not feeling that. Um, but it's just so interesting to think about, um, the journey of, of other products such as that. And particularly with the spike, because um there was that super shoe era phase that we always joke and talk about about when the shoes dropped and then a lot of careers are starting to shift because they're just relying on this one shoe and now you have companies now that are all competing um in the same kind of i call level playing field of a super shoe every company now has a version of a super shoe right for the track so um i think interesting for a lot of people listening and, and obviously getting jordan to talk about the journey that on has faced from when you first started to Boulder coming in, pretty much hair making the spike for us to try, um, and then Florida, Milrose, the uh, 
funny conversations you had with uh, some people there from other companies and then leading into, um, uh, you know, like Oslo world champs and I mean, you know, people meddling in the spy com games. Um, would you be able to explain um, just the processes that you were able to go through, like the timeline of, of the spike that what people see now? Yeah. Um, how, how did that start and every progression there forward with your team yeah. um, and, and why it was so important to work with the athletes? Yeah. So, I mean, it all starts with, you know, we ask the question, what do we want to achieve here? And for us, that's what we call the journey. And that's when we get the insights directly from the athletes of what they feel mentally, physically, and then what are the solutions where we can provide solutions there, as well as a lot of academic research, um, sports science research, and so on. And this allows us to build quite a good body of work of, um, let's say, performance benefits, at which we're looking to achieve. Based on that, we engage the product engine, which is designers, engineers, chemical engineers, different aspects around creating specific product solutions. And with those first concepts, we're basically hand-making them. So we have a mini factory here in Zurich where we can hand-make uh, prototypes very, very fast. Um, and with those initial concepts, that's what we tested in Boulder. So in October 15th last year, when we come over to Boulder, and that's really to validate, hey, we're looking for this specific performance benefit. It might be reduce impact on the body or provide extra forefoot propulsion or whatever it is. And we say, does this concept or different concepts we've created, do they actually meet that? And that needs to get your feedback. We did a bunch of sports science testing to validate it. And with that feedback in October, we go to the next step, which is making a real factory made product basically. So we did that between October and the indoor season. Uh, so basically in the indoor season, what we revealed at Milrose Games, the two different spikes, Sage ran a 424 mile in the more middle distance spike. And then George and Alicia ran in a longer distance spike. Um, and they won, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think they won in those <laughs> yeah. spikes. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, it was a new generation for on. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> yeah. there was like a section of the, the spike George was working on. Yeah. And you actually went and <laughs> yeah. sawed it down yeah. to make so, sure the shape was was correct for, for George. Like, yeah. th these are things that like people wouldn't be able to know about when they're yeah. watching the race. And like, there's the innovation team are literally still <laughs> innovating. Yeah, so was, I think you were grinding them down the night before, if not the day of yeah, the race. Yeah, so we went, to, we went to the track for the pre-meet the day before and the, the athletes did a bit of a, some strides running off the bend and so on in the products and then giving me some feedbacks. And they were like, okay, the, the spike plate was a little bit too rounded, a little bit too built up in some areas. So we took the spikes back, or we went out for dinner, yeah. took the spikes back. And then actually Justin Britton, the famous photographer guy, he was sharing a room with me in New York. And it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was in the hotel bathroom with a Dremel, <laughs> like removing parts of the spike. And he wakes up in the night to like go to the bathroom and I, he's walks in the bathroom, he's like, what's going on? And I was standing there with like a Dremel, like, you know, shaving off some piece of the spike. I was like, oh yeah, it's for the athletes tomorrow. He's like, they're going to race on that tomorrow. I was like, yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, that, that's the funny thing because I still didn't know if I was going to run it or not. I'd done strides in, in like three or four pairs of spikes the day before that I'd brought with me. And it was a game time decision. It was game literally time. game time. I was, I, I brought the spikes we had been wearing, which were the dragonfly. And I brought the new on spike with me to the track still hadn't decided what I was going to wear. Went out to warm up on freaking in the dark, in the snow. I was like, I don't know. Still don't know what I'm going to do. Got back. And then if anyone's run at the armory, 
it's kind of like that three level building you come in and then there's like the athlete warm-up level it's hot in there on on the second floor and <laughs> very hot and and normally you probably just maybe you do a couple of strides in there and and trainers and then and take your spikes upstairs and uh put them on up in the core room but i was like shit like i need to i need to decide now before i go upstairs so i took both pairs of spikes into the the little hallway and threw the on ones on <laughs> i'll just do i'm just do a stride and see what happens and i just pulled them out of the bag like fresh from fresh from the dremel did a stride it's like oh yeah that she that she feels all right walked back did one more i was just like fuck it <laughs> yeah. i'll do it and so i just left the other ones down there took them upstairs and then everyone remembers the rest, the rest is the history everyone, everyone yeah. remembers that remembers that last 50 meters yeah. i think george yeah. extended that last 50 meters to a 250 meters um <laughs> with the fan celebration and the one thing that i'm sure jordan and the, the innovation team were experiencing was everybody was looking at something and it was George's feet. It was Alicia's feet. And, yeah, uh, were you guys just waiting to see what <laughs> what oh, we were wearing coming out? It was it was quite nerve wracking for us because you know actually seeing the products in a training session and so on is one thing, but on the world stage like the Milrose Games, for the very first time, they're like, oh, I hope they don't like nothing wrong. You know, goes wrong. <laughs> Snaps and hard. So like <laughs> Andy Wheaton is like, you know, like shit. He's like, oh, he's wearing his spikes. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. And then when you fell back a little bit with, I don't know, like 600 meters to go, I was like, oh no. And then when you came through, oh man, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it all worked out. So yeah. Then good, we knew we were like, okay. Good day for everyone. And the, the, a really important thing happened that day as well. So specifically for all of that, we brought the team over from Zurich, plus also some of our team from Vietnam who actually make the products in the factory there. So they could really experience like, well, the experience, the vibes, what the athletes feel and so on. And having those wins really took us to the next level to make them realize like what all of this crazy work is for yeah, yeah. they're experiencing a result that's yeah. that's what's important because like yeah. you're in a you're in a factory and you're seeing these shoes but you're not seeing george you know kick down and win the mirrors games 3k you're not seeing alicia hold off and win the mirrors yeah. games 3K. like you don't you don't like seeing that the validation from that i i could i could see it from the team they were very very yeah. they got a, a second win because i can yeah. imagine there's a lot of work that goes into just getting that shoe out to now they're like, okay, we can go again. We can make it better. We can we can yeah. craft this, and that's what happened next with with the shoe that they what? see now today, right? Yeah, I mean, I know you could see it with the team. You took a damn photo with the shoe team with the want to make a trophy on yeah. the track with the shoe team around they, you. That was freaking sweet. They were so it was just amazing to be able to have because I feel like that was the thing. Like they they see photos and they they're in the um, building experiencing it maybe on TV or seeing replays. But being there when you have the energy behind it, it really gives you a vamp of like, mm. I'm, I'm producing something that's contributing to success, not just for the athlete, but for the brand and particularly a brand that's not very well known. I mean, you mm. knew that because you uh, had a little comment to somebody when they were trying to figure out who you're working for, remember? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to speak so much about it. <laughs> <laughs> about these things, but yeah, there was definitely a few brands question who we are, what we're doing, um, not really taking too much notice, like ah, we don't need to worry about them. But yeah, I think it's a slightly different uh, opinion right now. Yeah. Well, what did you say? What you said to them after Milrose? You said, it, oh, "Didn't you say something?" Statement. I, I don't know what to say. Like, I think I think you said, uh, "We're coming for you." Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were in. Uh, we were there, and it was. Uh, I'll tell you who it was. It was Craig Masbach. He's the head of all sports marketing at Nike, and uh, he was kind of like, "Who are you? Like, who do you work for?" And said, "Honest, <laughs> like, oh, who are they?" And I was like, oh, and he and he walked off, 
and I said, hey, watch your back, we're coming for you. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, less than 24 hours later, the two marquee sign-ins, I don't know what they call them, Teardrop and... Teardrop and Hulk Hocker, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those two... Uh, yeah. The, the, the golden the golden boys of Phil Knight's uh, track track club. Yeah, uh, so I'm pretty sure that Mr. Masbach uh, realized who we were. He's here uh, at the at that point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's here at the Diamond League. So maybe I uh, maybe I don't have to introduce myself anymore. Yeah, you should you should ask him more. Who do you work for? <laughs> yeah, him, uh, he's, he's about to retire. He's, but um, yeah, yeah, maybe good for him. He can get out the way before um, you know we really overtake them. So yeah, <laughs> well, so yeah, well, from from the indoor season, all the learnings. Yeah, went to the outdoor season and yeah, I always say you know the athletes of the cake where just the icing. It's I without, love that without, without I all do, of the. Yeah. I mean, I think we're lucky to see like what you guys do day in day out. Yeah, to get you to the you know, <laughs> get you there. I think the products you know give you a little bit of an advantage, but without the hard work, this I mean, it's just yeah, just, that, yeah. That that makes me think now. Uh, I brought this up to Ollie and Morgan the other day. Now that you know we do have such a competitive product and and so does everyone else and you know it's we are on a reasonably level playing field you know maybe there's a couple of hairs bred here and there but you know are the shoes we've been calling them super shoes for years because they were super compared to the other shoes but now everyone's got now they're just shoes yeah. like everyone's got super shoes does, does that mean like is the super shoe era over? Well, there's still super now, shoes to Dayton because he reckons he could run 1240 <laughs> if he was wearing uh, the on spike now. So, um, where do we go now? What comes in? You know, Tim Hutchins, the famous commentator. Yeah. He's, he's probably let everyone listen to him tonight when he's commentating. He's a, not the biggest fan because he's kind of era around Dayton. Old school. He's old school. So, to them, they'll always be super shoes. Hmm. But, um, well, it's going to be because we're all running faster than now. Yeah. To be fair, and uh, that's the thing is, technology is going to improve, so you have to keep up with the times. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you see as your your vision and and your, you know, part of the the shoe development? Yeah. Part of the sport, like where where does that go? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's pretty clear because I, I don't think people understand that when you have a super shoe and see people say energy return and propulsion and all of this type of stuff you're never going to generate any more energy than you put into the shoe. Mm. So you always start with 100%, you put it into the shoe. And in the past, maybe 50 or 60% came back and helped you. Now these shoes maybe are helping you 70 or 80%. So there's still a margin to get back to that 100%. So I do think there is definitely, I mean, I have a job, hopefully, because <laughs> to keep pushing it forward. But there definitely is more ways you can refine it. Um, I don't want to speak so much about how, because that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. business. That's not anyone else's. Absolutely. But there definitely is a, still quite a margin mm. um, ahead of us because, yeah, the amount of breaking force or impact you put into the ground is 100%. And until you get 100% back, I think there's still work to be done. I mean, you could get more than 100% if you really have some device in there, but there's, <laughs> they're banned anyway, so there's no, no worry there. But there's definitely a margin. Um, there's a lot of things what people don't really think about, like the elephants in the room more hmm. simpler things which can go a long way um yeah maybe we'll leave it at that in terms of what is exactly next but we know the competitors are not sleeping yeah um so we need to be on our game and now the team is literally seven times the size than it was a year ago and we have double the amount of time between now and paris so i'm pretty confident that we can keep supplying good solutions for you guys to you know so it's something pretty special in paris yeah 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 
It's either that or <laughs> I have to pack my bag. <laughs> well, I, I have to ask this question because uh, I keep getting DMs. I keep getting people asking me when I um, I'm out there running. Is the, is the spot going to be available for, for the high school kid, for the college kid, um, for somebody who wants to be able to buy that spike? Yeah. Is, um, is that going to be happening pretty, pretty soon? Yeah, it's going to be happening pretty soon. So officially, I mean, for World Athletics, um, very transparent rules and so on, you need the product to be on sale uh, 30 days before. So we got all of this approvals. We sold a relatively small quantity of pairs based as well on all our supply chain issues. So... People might have seen them online or if you were lucky enough to be in Zurich at the, the mm. headquarters here. So there are some products out there of the different aspects. But what we're going to do now is really have a, a huge release in a much bigger quantity. So all the fans, whether it's high school track for the indoor season, mm. marathon runners coming up in the fall and in the spring, uh, they're going to be getting their hands on kind of a restock of everything. And then it doesn't end there. I mean, this is the foundation and there's a whole pipeline of even fresher stuff coming along the way as well. So, you know, just keep your eyes out on the guy's feet, um, mm. you know, see what's going on there and you can get a hold of that as well. But yeah, for me, it's uh, it's super important. Like, I mean, I'm a huge football or soccer fan and it doesn't make sense if, you, if you're a kid and you see Messi or Ronaldo score a goal and then you can't buy the football boots. It's, that's, that's not good. So for me, that's a huge stipulation now. Yeah. The products are available as well for a fair price as well. I think super shoe prices are like, ridiculous actually especially to like high schoolers um it's a lot of pressure on the parents so that's also another thing i'm pushing that these shoes are not like because we hear about some other brands going to charge like four or five hundred dollars for like that ain't fair to the kid you know no so hashtag not hashtag good. not good for the sport yeah. right there four hundred five hundred dollars particularly for kids that do a sport that yeah. you know it doesn't cost that much gear to get uh yeah. running running gear so but that's exciting i think a lot of uh a lot of fans mm-hmm. or listeners are excited about that because they've been hounding us down about trying to get a pair of the spikes, pair of the super shoes, uh, of the road shoes. So, um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll see more, more guys out there running in, uh, in the, uh, on logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I guess the only other thing that, you know, we, we kind of have down on, um, on the list relating to the footwear is obviously there's a big push and, and on, on stuff as well for uh, kind of just the more sustainable shoe and, and making a shoe out of, you know, products better for the planet. And, and you know, On has a, a few of those coming out, like the, the Cyclone program and, and a few of those. How, do you, how, do you, how does your team kind of deal with the sustainability versus performance yeah. aspect of? Yeah, I mean, it's top of, top of mind for us. It's a huge company priority for us. Um, we need to look at a couple of things. Firstly is... And the Cyclone Project, it's a, it's almost like a Netflix kind of subscription service where you can subscribe to On and you get sent a pair of shoes. And when you've run a few miles through them and you need a new pair, you send them back, you get a new pair. And they're created out of uh, castor beans, which goes into a different polymer, which we can make all the different components of the shoe. So it makes it fully circular. Now, a lot of those components are not the most high performance components. And with athletes like yourself, we don't want to compromise performance just to have a sustainable material. So what we're trying to do is create different components of the product. So for you, it might just be the upper, which is completely sustainable. But when it comes on more non-negotiable, high-performance pieces, um, we have to, you know, take a bit of a hit there. As well, considering super shoes and so on, not the most volume driving shoes. 
And if you really want to make an impact on the environment, you're best doing it on the pair of shoes which you sell a million pairs of, because that really moves the needle. If you do it on the pair of shoes which you sell 2,000 pairs, it's just a marketing statement and it has real no, it's more greenwashing. So if you notice on our website and what's coming into the future, most of ONS like really fully sustainable products are on the really everyday running big volume products. And I think that's a huge way these companies can really have an impact on the environment for the positive effect. And yeah, we're always looking where we can integrate those sustainable components into the high performance products. And the dream is by, for example, LA 28, we've got, for example, the marathon running shoes where the athlete runs the marathon in a high performance product. Just after the finish line, they take it off, they put it in a recycling bin. We take the components back. For example, that carbon plate, which the athlete might have ran the Olympic marathon in, goes into another new pair of shoes. And maybe the right one goes to one shoe, the left one to another. So someone in Argentina or Sweden, they can scan the QR code and see, oh, wow, the carbon plate in my shoe was used in the Olympic marathon. And that's how we can reuse these components. And that's one of the ideas of how we're going to bring high performance or sustainability into the high performance products. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think a lot of people are excited about that and the way on in itself is is starting to to look at more sustainable ways to to develop products. Yeah. Um, But uh, we've taken up enough of your time, (laughs) uh, Jordan. We really appreciate you coming on. And I know a lot of listeners are going to be pretty excited about this episode. And um, we should say thank you again so much to On for setting this up and Collected Bakery for having us in here. Um, I mean, I'd never leave this place if I, <laughs> if I didn't have to. So We'll be back um, here tomorrow. We'll be back here tomorrow. I'll be back here before the Diamond League final. Um, but um, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we really appreciate what you've done for the team. I and mean, we, we can't speak highly enough of what uh, you've been able to achieve in just 11 months. Um, you've got Jingy looking at my shoes and asking what are those. So <laughs> I, really, I really enjoy um, him trying to get confused and figure out what, what's going on there. So um, thank you very much, Jordan. And, and thank you guys. Uh, this is it. This is our little special thing. I know you miss Morgan, but you've got George and I. So Yeah. That's awesome. Good. Thanks, Jordan. There's Thanks, guys, for listening. One year of Coffee Club. Cheers. Cheers.